I think it's really, really simple. So trust, transparency, and clear communication is three main things that we embrace in. Because if we have clear communication and trust, we can build everything else on top of this. Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. Joining me today is Vadim Peskov, co-founder and CEO of Diffco, an award-winning software development company based in Silicon Valley. He is an expert with deep experience in AI-enhanced applications, cybersecurity, startups, and product design, and is also an advisor at Alchemist Accelerator and multiple startups. Vadim, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. It's good to see you. Thanks for inviting. Yeah, my pleasure. So, you know, there are lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of software development companies. What makes you different? What separates the wheat from the shaft, so to speak, at Diffco? It's really simple. Uh, it's uh, two things. Yeah. One is uh, trust. Second is uh, transparent communication. So we always do what we uh, ask to do, and we always communicate about what is going on. Because the software development, so it's uh, quite a direct thing. So you need to do things that uh, need to be done. And it, yeah, it's uh, some things in terms of uh, how to pro- build the better products, how to build a better code base, etc. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the day, it's all about communication and all about actually um, delivering what you need to do. Right. So this is the key point. And to have this open conversation with a client and with a team, what is going on and um, what we need to do to achieve the great result, I think this is a key to success. Right. So you mentioned trust. Say a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, in in business in general, people buy not only because they believe in like this cheaper that this is... Uh, uh, better quality or something, mm-hmm. they buy because they believe in you. The same is like they go to work for you because right. they believe in you. And they trust that you can be the one uh, that can actually do the job in the right mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So this is why I'm bringing out trust because in a, like software development products, when clients ask us to do something, they trust us to spend the time Mm -hmm. and money uh, to build the product. Because, yeah, like money is one aspect, but uh, actually time sometimes is much more important because you can lose the market opportunity. You can Mm -hmm. do things in a different way. And if you have the right team that can actually dive into understanding of uh, product side and why and what Mm -hmm. actually products uh, need uh, to have... This is, I think, the key aspect to success. Yeah, well, I, you know, I really couldn't agree more with that. Um, 
So what would you say is, is sort of from a lowest common denominator, the problem that you're solving for your clients? I think in most cases, it's pure delivery of a specific product that they want. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> as examples, they want to develop some mobile application um, and they understand, uh, again, sometimes we have like really technical clients and mm-hmm. sometimes we have non-technical clients, yeah? Right. And they sometimes come with the idea, hey, we want you to deliver this and uh, we want to have full control of things and want to have like uh, just a great senior mm-hmm. guys that can work full time and commit to these results. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just a question of like, hey, please explain what the things actually, what need to happen, mm-hmm. um, what the process will need to be there. Because you can just like, in. I think it's true for every industry, you can dive into specifics of any product and try to build something mm-hmm. quick and fast. But to build a really successful one that um, will not be like, it's not only about like number of users that it can handle, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's about simple like user flow. Sometimes it's more about like understanding how business model will work. Mm-hmm. So people come to us not only for the question like how we should build the software, sometimes it's a conversation how we should build this tank business. And this is more challenging question because mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just new business model that never existed before. Right. And you need to figure out everything from like financial to legal to technical. And this is what we typically do. You founded the company in 2008 with your partner, uh, Vusal. And he's in Turkey. How do you know uh, Eugenie. him? Eugenie. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. How, how did you all meet? How do you know each other? Yeah, so, yeah, was all uh, one of our project managers. Um, right. The, um, uh, Evgeny is yep. my partner. Sorry, that, uh, that was an error. And it was an error, I apologize. It's in the company, yeah. Uh, no problem. So, uh, the, uh, how we met, it's actually, we met in the last year or last two years of school, if I remember correctly. Okay. So, it was a long time ago. And we started, back then, we started working in a... Um, uh, one company where I was CIO at the time mm-hmm. um, and uh, was doing some IT work and it was like fun part, etc. But uh, 2008 came yep. and companies are like, hey, you know, we have a problem. <laughs> We're firing a lot of people and we want to keep you guys, but like we can pay you like one third of the salary. And we was like, yeah, and ambitious, etc. It was like, nah, I'm now we will go and start our own business. Right. Uh, it was the dumbest idea ever. Um, so we spent like a year trying to figure out whatever was uh, we'll be doing. Okay. Had a completely different business model back then, but um, this didn't work, uh, the business model back then. And in 2009, uh, we switched a little bit, switched to doing more like a web project and... Um, it was a lot of interesting things. By by end of the day, we managed to do this in a really good, correct way. And like in 2010, uh, mm-hmm. we started growing and really fast. And uh, it was a quite a successful uh, since then. Um, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. What was the business model when you originally started the company? Oh, this is... I think, like, to be honest, now it could be still, <laughs> still the case. <laughs> so... Um, we built a company uh, on idea that 
it would do the content development. Uh, so like a um, content suite um, uh, for the uh, companies. Mm-hmm. Because like, again, we had idea that uh, everyone need to have the right content and you need to write a lot of content uh, to be successful, like right. blogs, some new posts on websites. Right. And again, it was 2008. It wasn't popular back then. So like everyone was just doing some blogging maybe and some yeah, news right, and like right. some boring stuff typically, yeah? I was like, no, no, we need to do the content. And we tried to sell this idea and back then like only small number of companies actually bought this idea because it's like, yeah, why we need this content? We have a, like a website and everything on a website, like people will read whatever we all will post this. Like, <laughs> it was a little bit wrong. Mm. Um, and I mean, to be honest, now it's a lot of companies that are doing a content. It's probably mm. now if I would do the content business, I would probably not only go with like a text version because back then I was thinking about like text and photos mostly. Right. Um, now it probably will be like videos plus text plus like multi uh, story, multi mm-hmm. channel content. Yeah, because mm-hmm. nowadays you just do YouTube. From YouTube, you're taking this to a, uh, a blog post, to right. TikTok, to Twitter, and wherever. So it's a little bit different now, but uh, then it was more about like more like a text version. Yeah. Um, but again, it was a good, I think, starting product. Uh, it was just like probably like six years earlier than we should. Yeah, got it. So it, you you bootstrapped the company, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So was there ever a thought in your mind to go out and get institutional capital? I mean, to be honest, we never thought about this uh, for first like five, six years. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the point is, like, in the second year, it was already profitable uh, because mm. it's kind of like this type of model that's allowing us to do this. And we never had this challenge for us to actually need it to have the outside capital. Um, mm-hmm. Now we have, like, a lot of requests, uh, uh, like, on investments, uh, kind of like, uh, almost like two, three times a week, I got some connection uh, uh, or, like, a M&A request or something yeah. like this. Yeah. But again, it's not, we're not looking for this like at this moment, uh, right? Me later, I don't know. But the point is, mm-hmm. back then, wasn't thinking about it. Now, like, I work with a lot of startups, and then it's a different story, sure. Like, get the capital. And like, again, in 2008, it was also a little bit harder to get the capital. Mm-hmm. Now it is like, I, I mean, now it's a little bit also challenging. Well, right, but given still, the economy, right? Still, right. That's, yeah. it's more like, you have more uh, infrastructure to raise capital now mm-hmm. than uh, it was in 2008, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about your journey to Difco. Um, I know you, you know, you're an advisor to a number of different companies. You have been, um, you know, as I mentioned, you're a mentor at the Alchemist Accelerator, which I'm actually not familiar with. Um, in, you know, what's a B2B the diff- accelerator based here in, in the Valley. Okay. So, I mean, it's like, it's like some of the other accelerators. I just had not heard from that, of that particular one. I would call it top 10. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, look at me. I guess I'm out of touch. I hadn't, since I'd not heard of them. So, so, and, and, and you also fa- co-founded a company called Aerostarter um, yep. in the midst of your, you know, doing your work at Difco. So tell me a little bit about that. You were only involved with that for about four years. Yep. 
kind of what happened with that? Oh man, uh, <laughs> this is the fun part. I mean, this is where I figure out that to doing two things at once in uh, growth stage is a terrible idea. Yeah, right. Um, Good. So I mean, so basically, we started the company. Um, first of all, it was an illusion from my side that uh, market had this uh, need. Mm-hmm. So it was a marketplace yeah. for general aviation. And like I'm really passionate about aviation and everything like right. touching this. You're a pilot, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I had like illusion that it would be a great product. The problem is mm-hmm. uh, my idea. Like I can create an Uber-like approach. I mean, not the Uber business model, yeah. but like yeah. when you started with um, small niche and scaling this. Um, in this market, it was kind of challenging. Again, it's still possible, but it's a uh, it's highly regulated area, uh, mm-hmm. much more than like a tax or kind of other things. And also, the growth there is much slower. Yeah. And I mean, they still use fax is a good communication instrument. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, they used back then at least. Um, the point is, again, I love this industry. I love flying, but. I think it's uh, like in the general aviation, it's kind of like a little bit slowly dying thing. Yeah. And we tested doing a couple of things, thought that will this will work uh, in the same time again. So we had some challenge parallel mm-hmm. diff curve and was trying to do two things at once. Right. And I realized that it doesn't go as planned. And we decided to stop and close this. I think... In reality, is a good experience because if we would try to like pursue something that would not work, we probably would be able to grow this for like maybe like 10, 5, maybe 15 max um, revenue. I mean, 15 million revenue maximum, like mm-hmm. during maybe like um, five, six years or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it would be small business, yeah. first of all. And also it would have some issues uh, that wouldn't be able to quickly solve. And I think it would require a lot of time that doesn't make sense to spend on this. Mm-hmm. So we decided, okay, stop it. Let's just actually yep. do the, the things in a right way. And we focused on Divka. Yeah, well, and, and you know, uh, there's a couple of things I heard in, in your story. You know, one is, y- you know, when you have divided attention, <laughs> How can you really succeed at anything? No, I mean, like, I, I would argue with this right now. Really? Uh, actually, just to, to make this story is a little bit more dramatic uh, for this conversation. <laughs> more dramatic. <laughs> uh, uh, because, like, in reality, you can mix things. Yeah. Um, the problem is you need to specifically divide time. Right. And you, it's impossible to mix them, like, in one inbox. Uh, mm-hmm. So you need to completely mm-hmm. separate things. Right. Uh, this is one life. This is another life. Um, and uh, if you have um, option, you need to put someone in charge of uh, other business. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is like starting a startup and doing other businesses at the same time. It is mostly about like your focus and right. your performance. Hence divided because time. Yeah, and if you can do this in the right way, um, yeah. and be honest with you, yeah, and like don't uh, tell yourself, "Hey, I will be performing great at eleven p.m." Yeah, um, right. This probably you will not. Yeah, 
especially so, when you get older. <laughs> uh, that's uh, also true. Yeah. Um, the point is, you need to focus on um, important things. And yep. again, if you can have someone to actually doing this business with you, and you just like a part time there, this is, could be good enough because like like I now doing like three different things um, and doing them fine. Right. Uh, and I can divide my attention um, much better mm-hmm. because of this failure. Mm-hmm. Because then I had an illusion that I would be successful with this. Uh, now I don't. Now I know where I'm failing and I know what I'm good at and I mm-hmm. know where I'm not good at. Good. And I will not try to be, make everything better. I will just hire right people. Yes. Because like I'm not the best person to do everything. I can do a couple of things yes. in the best way possible, but everything else is like hundred different people that can do this better. That's right. I don't prefer this. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I just had this exact conversation with somebody prior to this interview. <laughs> it's really funny that that came up. You know, don't don't waste your genius trying to do something that's not in your genius. Just stop it. Hire people that are geniuses in those areas and let them do it. It's really important. Really, really important. I, I think when we, especially younger, yeah. <laughs> I would call it. I mean, it's just like from my example, mm-hmm. I had an illusion that I can do everything. Yeah. Um, And when I get a little bit older, mm-hmm. I like, I cannot. Like, I yeah. can do great finances. I cannot do accounting. Like, yeah. literally. Like, it's, I will postpone this for like a hundred times possible options, etc. Like, my accountants probably mm-hmm. don't really like me for this. But <laughs> <laughs> the point is, I can do financial planning. I can do finance in the right uh, good way. Yeah. And this I good with. But like, I cannot do this part. It's like, right. because, like, okay, I will not. I will have the right person. Previously, I was like, no, no, I'm lazy because I cannot do this. In reality, no, I just like not not built for this. And like, yeah, I probably could force myself to do this, but like, why do I need it? Because mm-hmm. I know what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. I'm good at product, I'm good at sales, and I'm good at investment. So why the hell I want to spend my time doing something that I'm not good at? Well, there are a lot of people who do that because, I mean, in some cases, I'm not suggesting this was in your case, that just they're cheap. They're like, I don't want to spend the money on that. I mean, I've seen it happen over and over and over, over my years. Well, well, I'll just do it myself right. because I don't want to spend the money. Well, how far is that going to put you behind? You you bring in an important topic of the money yeah. um, and the time. Yeah. Because the only actual resource that we cannot was, like change anything with this is the time. Yeah? That's right. Money There's is only a so resource. many hours. Yeah. Money is a resource. We can mm-hmm. earn this. We can spend it wherever. Mm-hmm. And it's much easier to earn it than most people think. Uh, and again, for them, sometimes it's harder for someone. It's probably easier to do, yeah? But in the same time, it is like your time that is important. Because the same is like, I don't know, let's say ordering a cleaning service. Like, like I know if I will do the cleaning, I will spend like, twice time, maybe three times more time on doing this. And I don't like this. Right. Me too. And like yeah, my time, I know how much uh, I was an hour. I know this. And uh, 
why I want to spend my time. I don't want to like pay thousands of dollars for the cleaning. Yeah, obviously. I get it. Yep. I'm exactly so the, same. the same. So it's, I think it's like the illusion mm -hmm. of like, specifically if we talk about like, uh, like, uh, poor perspective and like middle class perspective and, um, um, rich, uh, perspective on, mm. on life. If you move from one to another, you start appreciating time and your ability to have free time is actually the key to your happiness, to your success. Not just that you did mm -hmm. this and saved like 20 bucks on something. Yeah, I, I I, mean, that's exactly how I think. You're, you're, I mean, you are exactly, I mean, that's why I have somebody clean my house. I, I don't want to do it. My time is more valuable than that. I've got a million other things I'd rather be doing. And it's the same thing I, you know, for all in my business that, you know, I have people who do work for me that I have no interest in doing that. I don't want to, I don't want to spend my valuable time doing it. Let somebody that is an expert in that area do that. Someone love doing things that you don't like. Allow That's them right. To do it. That's right. That's exactly right. So, so you you talked. You said there's things that you do well. There's things that you don't do well. Let's talk about that a little bit more. You know, as a leader, right? As a co-founder, um, what are some of the as you've built the company um, over the last 14 years? What are some of the things, some of the mistakes that you've made, and what did you do to correct them? Oh my! Uh, just a just pick, pick a few, <laughs> two or three. Uh, I think the first we just talked about. So yep. the doing work that right. you're not supposed to do. Yeah. So yep. right. Just hire right people to do the work. Mm -hmm. This is the first important one. The second important one is uh, diving into actually uh, not doing a budgeting and financial planning correctly from day one mm. um, and expecting something to happen in a positive way. And when it's not happening, you don't have a plan B, yeah. um, C, D, et cetera. So right. it's like, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> um, the third one, I think, uh, to spend a lot of time um, thinking that I'm worrying about uh, important things in reality, worrying about like probably 99% of things that yeah. never happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I know this laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> this is, this is really, really about the, the old truth that we all came about. And I think the, this is a challenge to <clears throat> realize for yourself that, yeah, so it's, uh, we all worried about things that not going as planned. Mm -hmm. And, um, the fourth that I think I want to bring is, I think for me, the key to success mm -hmm. is actually structural things. So like if I have everything organized and like time blocked specifically, I will know how to do things. If I have like 20 things in the same time, uh, messaging me from different sources and, uh, like, uh, 20 like oh, 200 emails in inbox etc mm -hmm. i will lose uh for sure um so i just like trying to block things um now and like trying to focus more on things that is important yeah and the one recent thing that i have for me is a uh, like for my team i'm starting blocking and ask people to stop doing any multitasking mm -hmm. 
because this is freaking illusion. It well, doesn't work. <laughs> it's a delusion, yeah. So you have we, to be present with what you're doing. Period. Absolutely. The same is like our talk now. So I'm talking to you. I'm not doing anything in the same time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Drinking water. Sure. But oh, like, yeah. not like uh, trying to check my email in the same time or mm -hmm. um, do something else. Uh, and like, in most cases, people trying to mix things together, they be trying to be in a conference call in the same time to replies to some emails and um, check and some Slack messages or whatever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't go as well as they want to. In reality, spending more time, uh, they can reply to this message in probably like 20 seconds if they are really focused, not in like five minutes. Right. right. Uh, they can reply to email quicker. Uh, and um, <clears throat> in most cases, people sitting in conference calls, they, they're not supposed to be in. And now I'm trying to implement the same idea that I think it's Amazon that did it or like some other big company um, that like, hey, let's let's stop. Like, if you don't need to be in a meeting, just like leave the meeting. Because like, I realized that all my day and like day of well, some of our employees, like meetings, 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 meetings. Yeah, a lot of meetings. And it does make sense. Mm -hmm. So you do nothing on these meetings. It's mostly like you just sitting and doing nothing. Mm -hmm. So my idea now, like, okay, let's stop doing nothing on these meetings. If I need to be in this meeting, sure, let's put my agenda in this first 10 minutes and I will leave. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to be in the whole one hour call. That's right. Because I can take these 50 minutes and do something important with the strategy or with mm -hmm. some other thing that will bring us more um, revenue wherever need to be bring there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's it's just different. Yeah. How do you how do you find your prospects? Oh, um, inbound, outbound, what kind of you know, both and everything. So it's like uh, always prospecting every time of day <laughs> and night. So I think in most cases. So like if to if to go a little bit deeper into like uh, actual numbers. So I would say probably seventy percent is inbound now. Okay. Uh, maybe 60. Uh, and uh, we're moving currently to like using more outbound um, and uh, <clears throat> trying to mm -hmm. play with this more. Because like in inbound, you can do like limited stuff. You can mm -hmm. definitely drive this. But first of all, this is expensive channels and like mm -hmm. they becoming more and more expensive. I think mm -hmm. our cost per lead in this area increased like 45% or something Ooh. like this during the last couple of years. Mm. Uh, maybe I'm missing, but like probably more, mm. to be honest. Just like because like this is the hot topic. Everyone needs this. And uh, it's a lot of like um, companies that are trying to get the same leads. And uh, this is challenge right. in most areas. So our main idea here just to approach this from um, the right angle and actually do the work on uh, mm -hmm. um, explaining this and um, uh, helping uh, leads to find the right approach. For specifically diving into the outbound work, um, this is um, like uh, a lot of uh, connections that we're doing in the right, like detailed markets. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, hey, we're trying to reach out to everyone. No, it's like really, really specific. And 
probably also I forgot to mention, so probably like 25% uh, percent, uh, or maybe a little bit more is uh, about uh, uh, referrals uh, from our mm -hmm. Good. So yeah. this is the, the main channel uh, for like outstanding, like uh, good performing uh, mm -hmm. deals. It's like easier to close. The challenge with this, it's, it's not, I mean, it's not, you cannot scale this channel in reality. Yeah? So you can ask everyone for referrals, yeah. but they will probably have some num uh, specific number that will be limited. Right, right. So when when clients come to you, have they already worked with somebody else and they were dissatisfied? Do they have a product that's, you know, an app that's partly finished? What have they you know, what is that story and what have they wasted, if anything, time and money on by the time they come to you? In most cases, um, so I would say probably around like 60% coming to us already try to do something. Hmm. Um, and like, again, so it's like also important part to say that we have uh, a lot of like enterprise clients that uh, mm -hmm. definitely uh, had like experience working with a software developer, so they know mm -hmm. what is going on there, and they just have a, like a new product. And mm -hmm. I'm not including this in this um, uh, numbers, but if we have like a startup kind of thing, we mostly will have the conversation with them about like, hey, we running, um, we tried to do something, we hired someone cheap from Upwork or something like, uh, like from uh, other places, and. Uh, um, we had some product that doesn't really work. So we want to build a product that actually works. Mm -hmm. And in most cases that come to us and it's like, they don't have the right documentation. They don't understand what they're actually doing. Right. They have um, some perspective on how it should work. Mm -hmm. But in most cases, developers don't really get this. Right. And they frustrated not because the developers doesn't know how to write code. They probably do. The problem is like typically, and this one is like, I always focus on like management and communication side of things. Mm -hmm. Because like documentation for me is also part of communication. Mm -hmm. um, so you want to have everything aligned. And if you have like a voice discussion with like phone calls with your clients and you don't put this into documentation and you do not approve the things um, in a proper way, like they will believe one thing, you will believe different thing, and you will go in a different direction. Right. This is what actually happening in most of these cases. It's yeah, they may have a like not really experienced developers that will do some architecture mistakes. In most cases, it's not really critical, and it's mm -hmm. ways to avoid it and like ways to fix it. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. Sometimes it could be like really cheap junior guy that uh, they believed would be a great match and it doesn't work. Right. Sure, they need to rebuild it from scratch. But in most mm -hmm. cases, it's a communication issue because no one actually builds the process for them. And if they don't really have a clear understanding what they want to do, this is the most biggest challenge for these clients. Vadim, do you have an ideal client? I do. What, what, so what, what is that? I think um, I will call it the guys that uh, already have a. Uh, so it's a. I will name two type because, uh, like again, so it's a as a difference. 
Uh, one is that already have existing product mm-hmm. and they want to grow this. Mm-hmm. So they build some kind of MVP, pre-MVP, and it doesn't matter if it's like a startup kind of thing or right. like it's more like mid-sized enterprises kind of thing. It's both works fine. Um, second case is more preferable for us. Um, so they've already got an MVP. They, they, they yeah. already have something. Yeah, They know what they're doing in this and they want to scale it. They don't typically know how to do it in mm-hmm. the right way. So they have some partial understanding of this. They don't have like a direct view on things. And like the client, they came to us and it's like, hey, we're growing. We have like 100K of users. Um, we have some growth issue, et cetera. We need right. to rebuild it to be in an actual big product mm-hmm. so we can scale with this. Um, this is typically what we're looking for, because in this case, we can First of all, to allow to do it in the right way. Because if it's a small thing, sure, we can find a ways to do a simple version of MVP, etc. But if they don't have a resources to scale this thing to make it as a bigger product, in mm-hmm. most cases, it will be really big challenge to actually achieve anything sustainable. Uh, because the product is not only about like, hey, we build the app, We'll launch the app to the App Store. Now we have an amazing result. No, it's about business. It's about building the marketing part, analytics, right. product part. And it's all different type of challenges that if clients came across already, this allowing us to make this uh, work in much faster way because we don't need to explain them already. Uh, I mean, they kind of like... Uh, child rules uh, kind of things. Got it. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you're in a super, super competitive market. Um, what would you say are the biggest opportunities and threats in your marketplace? Well, that's a good one. Uh, so you're, you're prepared in the right way. <laughs> so uh, my, uh, I think in the most cases, the main challenge in this market is... Actually, not explain to the client um, what they want um, mm. um, because they typically don't know what they want. Right. Um, and they ask you to do something and they trying to evaluate, let's say, they want to build an app for, let's say, a food delivery or whatever, yeah? Mm-hmm. And they have a description of like five pages and they have a... Uh, wireframing on like 20 pages or something like this. Mm -hmm. And they come to like 10 different companies and all like separate developers and ask Mm -hmm. how many hours, how much money it will cost. They get like kind of different options. Yeah, right. (laughs) Because this is not an exact thing that they actually want. Because in most cases, like the truth is the documentation will contain like probably 300 pages Right. It will be probably a couple of hundred pages of screens mm-hmm. and descriptions, user mm-hmm. flows. And it will be a lot of like mm-hmm. conversation about how we need to do with security, how we need to do with the compliance, should mm-hmm. we do this, mm-hmm. this, and this, and this. Again, a lot of these things could be ignored on an early stage, which is fine. But you need to have the conversation with the client and explain, hey, do you care about security? And some of them say like, yeah. Do you have a budget for the security? And most of them was like, no. Well, yeah, okay, right. what? <laughs> great. So, but we want to do something, yeah? 
equipment. Yeah, so we want to have some level of protection. So we want to understand what should be done in a minimal way, especially for the startups. And like enterprise startups mm. is also like sometimes challenged because they don't have a budget to do the security, for example. Again, mm-hmm. is a one example, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they will, but they will have some requirements from the uh, the parent company of doing something that they need to spend like half a million on the security compliance or something like this. And their whole budget is like two million. And mm-hmm. they're like, we cannot do this. And it's like, uh, so this why it's always uh, good to explain this. And the challenge, because the market is so fragmented, so you can find like uh, really cheap options, you can find really expensive option. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't specifically mean that this is a successful product delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of clients that not specifically know how to manage things and how to build a product, especially if these people never had experience of building this product themselves, mm-hmm. this create uh, for them that, Illusion that they develop this develop two developers <clears throat> company, so these two developers is the same. Right. They typically don't. They they typically different. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so this why this conversation is um, always challenging to explain this to customer uh, what should be done um, and how they should approach things uh, to make it actually works. Got it. So you've grown to about fifty ish employees. Um, tell me a little bit about your strategy, your talent strategy to get there and where you've made mistakes. Oh, yeah. Um, it's another good one. So it's, uh, I love this. So the first, I think, challenge is that I previously had and still maybe a little bit uh, <laughs> today that I tried to hire uh, from top to bottom. And I uh, tried to put some people that i was thinking that I can grow to a certain level uh, and uh, not hiring the right people. Mm-hmm. Also, one of the best ones, if I had, I probably spent too much time not firing people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, yeah. like, yeah, so it's a truth that no one wants to talk about. Yeah. Um. So this is an important part. So I always want to just be straightforward with this and yeah, so I definitely will give different chances and different options for mm-hmm. the, the team members. The point the point is, if I have the problem, we need to get rid of the problem. So it's uh, really simple. Right. You don't want to like trying to negotiate if it's toxic. I mean, if it's like mm-hmm. a, a problem of like skill, sure, it's a different story. If it's like communication issues, no, it's just like big no. Um, so now we're trying to build it from a different angle. So we're trying to hire more uh, professional guys, more like uh, um, right management, C-level uh, stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. this is a challenge to find and hire C-levels. And uh, I know you spend a lot of your time doing this part. Yeah. And uh, this is a really interesting way to find this match and i think it's really about like right people for the company Mm -hmm. because it could be a really experienced person and they may have a lot of um 
right market experience, etc. But they could be a wrong fit for the company. Well, and of course, yeah. It is about like actually getting to know um, how they approach things. Mm -hmm. And again, maybe I'm wrong with something and I'm doing something wrong and I don't understand how this is supposed to work. Mm -hmm. I totally mm -hmm. get it. Because like, yeah, I spend a lot of time learning the business part myself. I don't have like a business education, MBAs, etc. Mm -hmm. Like I once teach a couple of courses for MBA students, but I never like had an actual like diploma for this. Right. And like I basically learned this doing the business. Sure. And some people had actual education in this and never did the business. Right. So this is a uh different. So I sometimes want to understand what the approach, what is actually mm -hmm. um how they believe in this. And I think it's a challenge because like you cannot just hire best of the best and also like a budget restriction typically will not allow you to like put absolutely best talent uh, in the C levels. Um, but this is the right approach because if you do this, you will be successful. You will be able to achieve things that you wasn't able before. Right. You need to hire people that you can delegate things mm -hmm. and don't control them. Because mm -hmm. if you need to control them, this is not them doing work, you doing the work. Well, right. And then you've, I mean, you've really made a bad hire if that's the case. Yep. And just like change them mm -hmm. because the the only thing that actually exists in the companies is this is only about the people. Right. Um, and um, I think the keys to success and when we realized, hey, we can do everything ourselves, we need to hire right people. Mm -hmm. We started to grow, we started to hire more professional guys uh and uh yes our yeah, it cost you more money was, to do that didn't it <laughs> yeah i mean like our initial expectation sure we will be able to hire for this amount and like nope mm -hmm. um it was much higher and uh it's growing it's growing it's growing and especially in our industry like salaries is really changed during the last couple of years because mm -hmm. like everyone remotes no one cares that this person located in uh, some Wherever. different part of the world. Yeah, they still like have internet. They have electricity, so they can do the work. So it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Where are your people? <laughs> oh. Where are they located geographically? Are they all over the place? Oh my! I need to actually recalculate the number of countries that we currently yeah. have on the list because got it. So we had a lot of people in Ukraine. I was. So gonna, I, they, I figured as much. Yeah. Yeah, so they like moved all over the place. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have, so right now we have a lot of people in different parts of, uh, uh, different parts of uh, Europe. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, someone uh, still in some uh, Asia kind of things. We have mm -hmm. people in Turkey. We have like uh, Georgia, Armenia, uh, is all, all right. additional locations. And we obviously have states here, uh, mostly in California. Yeah. And um, like, but most of the team, I would say 80% is like Europe, like different places over yeah. the Europe. I think it's yeah. like seven or eight countries now. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, so 
How how do you go about finding people? Are you are you using what I refer to as the post and pray, posting an ad and praying that you find the right person? Or are you, you know, are you doing a combination of that and going out and finding people? I mean, how are you, how are you finding your employees? Uh, we used this amazing technique, post and pray, a couple of times, a uh, couple <laughs> many years. <laughs> um, so, like a couple of years ago, figure out that this is a problem. A problem. <laughs> Yeah, doesn't really work. No, it especially does not. if we want to hire like really good one. That's right. That doesn't, that doesn't really work. work to hire great people. Yeah. Um. So the we started working with agencies. Um. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, one approach that uh, kind of good way if you find the people that actually do the job. If you can find like the right the, agency, right? That's, yeah. Yeah. That's that's the bigger that's the biggest challenge. Yeah. It's where how do you find that two percent? <laughs> Yeah, so it's a lot of people that just uh, like want to sell you some person for like twenty five percent of their year salary, and yep, in yep, reality, yep. they not who they should be. Yep. So it's a different game. But um, so we still working with some agencies, but most of the time, like last couple of years, we have mm-hmm. the internal team. Uh, so we have three people working on uh, on hiring, um, and uh, this is actually. The best approach, I think, especially like for uh, the like uh, mid type of uh, positions, um, the on like for software developers, for example, this is the best approach for us. Yeah, it's, those are like the hardest people to find on the planet. Yeah, the the senior level, uh, I mean, executive level or uh, C level kind of things. This is more where we come to the agencies that mm-hmm. have the specific connections on this because like we're not like hiring uh c levels on a daily basis and they probably know the better right. how to actually find this mm-hmm. uh, people so now this is two approaches yes got it okay um define your talent de- define your culture vadim all right um so i think it's really really simple so Trust, transparency, and clear communication is yep. uh, three main things uh, mm-hmm. um, that we embracing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if we have uh, clear communication and trust, we can build everything else mm-hmm. on top of this. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I can't, I, I cannot argue with that. Um, as I said, you you know you've been in business now for fourteen years. How did how did you grow to that fifty or so people? Like when was there a particular time where the, most of that growth happened, or was it just sort of steady over the last fourteen years? I mean, this was not linear approach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we had uh, more people at some point, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, we reduced the uh, headcount uh, after this. We and so it was like playing uh, back and forth then. Uh, And I think it's also was about the processes and how we set up things previously. Now, this is mostly about like uh, having the sustainable uh, talent flow and lead flows. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is a key part. And this is allowing us to grow. So in most of the cases, I would say like uh, last, like couple of years was more about like doing this in the right way. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I 
believe that in most cases, when you face any like challenges, like crisis situations, um, this can wake you up. Yeah. And I think uh, in most cases, I would say the COVID uh, kind of uh, wake up. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, this was like a wake up call for us a little bit because like in 2019, this was a nicer thing. But again, so it wasn't like really about like doing this in the right way. And um, uh, I think we start, was stuck a little bit in a couple of things, was uh, doing some technologies that not really about like um, um, what we can do. Like we, we can do everything. Yeah. So it's like, but we tried. Uh, so mm. we tried to do too many things that we uh, was able to handle, but this was a lot of like time and effort uh, to spend on this because by end of the day we're doing a business for the money we're not doing this as a charity and uh, yeah we can achieve great results but to do this in the right way we actually need to be focused on something and to be laser focused on one particular thing is yeah it's a it's a good way I think like if just analyzing like last uh, three years I think um, when we had the wall, with uh, like COVID because mm-hmm. kind of uh, like 35% of our business went uh, just like disappeared. Yeah, sure. Uh, in like one month because mm-hmm. a lot of our clients was really uh, into like doing like physical stuff mm-hmm. that involved like moving things. Yeah, physically. And uh, their business is just like stopped completely. Then. Mm-hmm. And our challenge was to regroup and focus on things that is really, really important. And also like a lot of deals that was done for us, it was mostly in-person conversations. Yeah. Like the conferences was a one of the biggest challenge uh, that disappeared during the COVID. I mean, yeah, we had like all this crappy online conference kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like we never sell anything in online conferences in a... Right. Uh, in uh, 2020, I mean. Yeah. Um, but in reality, now to be focused on uh, really important things is the key actually to to this growth. Yeah, that's terrific. So if somebody uh, listening to this interview when it goes live is thinking, oh, I really like kind of, you know, their culture. It sounds like a pretty cool company. Uh, you know, I'd be interested in talking to them maybe investigating if, you know, I'm a fit for them and they're a fit for me, what should they do? So first of all, answer the question if they um, believe in this culture. Right. Well, um, right. Yeah. So this is the simple Trust, thing. transparency, and clear communication. I love it. Yeah. If they can do this uh, and if they want to do this, sure, they can just apply on um, our website. And if we don't have any like specific position, uh, but they believe that this is a great fit. Mm-hmm. Like always uh, just feel free to reach out uh, to all general contact information. And uh, we have sometimes, we interviewing people that we don't have position with, but we just believe that this could be a good feel. That's right. Yeah, I'm really glad to hear you say that. That's so important to build that pipeline. You know, you might you might not have something right now, but you know, it's all about the relationship. You just don't know. You're right. It's also about like finding 
and creating sometimes position mm-hmm. for this person because um like it was a couple of great fits that we had like previously when we was looking into this is like hey this is a great person but like we don't have any position like this but we may benefit <clears throat> from this right and we had a conversation with this person like hey we like you we don't have a position right now uh but we can probably create one mm-hmm. would you be okay of this position because like sometimes yeah. someone comes to mm-hmm. us and is like hey we want to like work is like this and reality they can be a good fit for a different um, approach. Yeah, that's that's a great attitude. Um, is there anything, Vadim, that we have not covered, I have not asked you that you want to talk about before we finish up? I think uh, it's mostly about like um, uh, what is actually important uh, in a product part and like uh, why people doing what they're doing. I think mm-hmm. I want to finish on this uh, note. So I think in most cases, uh, if you focus on things that you love, um, in terms of like you enjoy doing, really, yeah? Because in a business, it's a lot of things that would be challenging. Mm. And if you just focus on things that you really believe in, um, you can be successful. But do not forget to stop things that not working. Because uh, in most cases, saying no is much more important than saying yes. Good. Well, I think that I don't need to put it, I don't need to put a point on that. So Vadim Peskov, co-founder and CEO of Difco. Uh, thanks for being with me. I've been looking forward to spending the time with you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com, or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.